Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to episode two of Good Take. I'm Alex Hutton, alongside my good friend, Zevin Schuster. Good to see you again. Good to see you too, man. How you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing well. Obviously, it's a weird time. You know, not a whole lot of updates that I can, that I can provide on my life. Just kind of hanging around, going about life kind of the same way. How about you? Uh, I, I made my way into season eight of The Office last night. So I was very, I, I got through when Michael Scott left. So that was very sad. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, big, yeah, big emotional. It's not the same as Adam. No, of course not. Have, have, no. You start, have, you, have you started watching season eight? Or? I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm, I'm like a few episodes in. Uh-huh. Uh, Ed Helms um, or um, Andy, uh, yeah. he, he's, he's, he's a good boss. Uh-huh. Good. I just want to say an episode where he, like, tried to, <laughs> he, like, made a bet that he would, like, get a, a, a tattoo on his ass. Mm-hmm. And the whole office like worked hard to like motivate themselves so they could go and see it. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty funny. Okay, it was good. Yeah. It was good. So, yeah, you'll have to let me know how that. You'll have to let me know how it how the rest of it uh, turns out. How you feel about it? So. I I I think Netflix is good. Like when it's a sometimes thing. It just the problem with quarantine is that it's there all the time, so it's not like a reward. It's like, it's like you know I use it as my like go to too often as opposed to just you know yeah break every once in a while. So it, it loses some of its touch, but it's still fun. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, before we before we get going today, I think we just want to um, send our best wishes to the family of Jerry Sloan, uh, mm-hmm. also to Patrick Ewing, uh, diagnosed with the coronavirus the other day. Hope he's doing well. Uh, obviously, two two basketball legends there. So sure. yeah, I think uh, John Starks had a tweet that he said, you know, uh, Warriors on and off the court, and I'll be there for you. So hopefully, yeah, I wish everyone happiness and health, and uh, you know. I hope everyone can pull through tough times, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of what their situation may be. So. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. And uh, even though there aren't a ton of new games being played now, there's still been massive developments in the sports world uh, over this last week. Um, all this talk about coming back, um, plans are sort of making progress, being developed with how you can bring the season back in a safe way. Big stuff happening. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to get excited. I'm like, I'm, I caught it in between. I'm like, Getting excited, but like I don't, I don't want myself to get my hopes up too high because I'm still there's still still obviously skepticism, which is understandable on my part and on many people's part. But I'm I'm starting to hear rumors like, man, it's going to be Orlando, it's going to be Vegas, it's going to be Orlando and Vegas. Uh, I mean, you, you hear, you know, there was a like a phone call that Chris Paul held with like LeBron, Steph, KD, pretty much every star, but James Harden, which I found a little bit hilarious. Uh, Again, he, he, he was nowhere to be found in May. Uh, I had, had to get that joke up. Someone, it was on Twitter, so I, I did not come yeah. up with that myself. Uh, but no, I mean, the, 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 the murmurs are starting to become, uh, I don't know, uh, louder whispers. I don't even know what the progression of, of that uh, might be, but it's, it's looking more and more likely. So I'm becoming very pessimistically, cautiously optimistic about that. How about yeah. that? I would I would say I'm in a similar place. I just still think there's risks to it because I mean think about all the things that need to happen. You need to isolate the teams. There needs to be regular testing of every single player and coach and operative in the whole league. And like at a time where testing in the U.S. is like is a lot scarcer than it should be, that's not a great look. If you know these professional sports leagues that are with billions of dollars and you know millions of dollars for each person at stake if they're getting like, you know, just test it, being able to get tested every single day or every single week or whatever it ends up being. Uh, I think that's just sort of a bad look publicity wise. Um, yeah. And, it's, and there's just, and it's just very tough to pull off because every single league, even without bands involves thousands of people. 
So there's just sort of still a lot of risks involved in that in that way. So okay, so I, I think for me, and it, it's it's unfortunate that the whole timing is unfortunate for baseball. I heard, um, I think Tom Reducci said on to Doug Guiley that you know he's like it's no exaggeration that the future of baseball could be on the line uh, in the next two weeks. And I think unfortunately for baseball to have any long season, you're right. They probably need too many tests. I it doesn't bother me as much that they're going to be take, that they're going to be taking up so many tests. I feel like at this point, from what I, at least what I've read, they're at least a, a little bit a little bit more widely available. Um, and I would still be under the presumption that, gosh, I mean, if you're if you're going to bring back the NBA season, you're not you're going to bring back sixteen or twenty teams, right? You're not going to you're not going to bring back the whole league, and it's only for a, a short amount of time. Um, right. So it shouldn't be for quite as long. Baseball, I mean, baseball would be like a long. Baseball would be a long adventure, so I, I think that seems a little bit. Ba- baseball kind of got screwed with like with the timing of this. Just like what what if this would have happened, you know, in, like in October, the start of the basketball season, it would have been a tough thing. It just would it would have been tough. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for, like for the NBA, they just have to finish the season and crown a champion. Versus for baseball, they need to play the whole freaking season. Mm-hmm. So it's it's, just, it's it's a tougher adventure. Uh, yeah, to and even even with the NBA, there's risks though because like using the NBA as an example. Just to name a, a, a random player, if like if, if Matthias Thibel, for instance, tests Love positive or um, or breaks, then, 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 then he has to quarantine for fourteen days, and that's just yeah, no, and the, but then the what I'm saying is because of the ripple effect of these things, that throws everything off. Just if that if that one guy uh, has those why, issues, why, why, why does it throw? Well, what if what if his teammates don't um, don't test positive for it? Then they can keep playing, and then he has to be quarantined, and that just that would suck for Philly. That's true, but you know, like there's these whole risks of you know how long it takes to show it show signs that you have the virus, plus the rest of his team and the coaches and everything, and they're going to be playing other teams. So there's the risk there of just this massive ripple effect of who ends up getting it and where it gets passed around. It's and it can be really hard to track. No, so, I, mean, I, I get that, and if if if, if, if you're going to test players like every day, which is probably what'll need to happen, or every other day, then you'll you'll they won't have had it for too long before people find out if they do indeed have it. So I don't think it'll be too treacherous uh, of a, like of an outcome. Does that make sense? Yeah. Plus like at a, at a certain point, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll bet quite a bit of money that someone is going to test positive. Someone is going to test positive rather for it at some point, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I think like you, some concessions are going to have to be made uh, if, if these seasons are going to finish. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we we can act like it, it doesn't play a role, but there's a lot of money to be to be to be lost if it doesn't happen. And so again, like obviously lives are more important, but you know people are are at least going to take into account you know the economic and the monetary value of what could or could not be lost. And that's you know I, I certainly I don't blame them uh, for it at all. Mm-hmm. So it should be it should be a factor. Yeah, I know I I don't disagree, but I'm just thinking about. Is there, is there any situation in which one or two positive tests or one or two people just making mistakes doesn't throw the whole thing off? You know, do you, do you think that's possible? I mean, look, I, I, I think if someone, if someone comes into contact but doesn't actually have the disease, because, you, look, because you're going to be testing players so frequently, let's say daily, you'll know if they have it. Like, they, they will not have had it for very long without until people find out that they had it uh for like it just it like, like for, for the moment that they they get this virus 
they will know that they had it at least 24 hours later at the maximum. I've also heard some reports that uh, maybe at some point, eventually they'll have this thing where like, if you lick the, the, like the little testing thing, it'll, it'll tell you right away. Uh, look, I think, I think if you don't have the virus, you can play. If you have it, quarantine for 14 days. And then, so, you know, look, if, if LeBron gets it, he has to quarantine, which would suck. But it's, it is what it is. Yeah. So, I, know, I just heard a, I heard a quote from an MLB executive the other day that's, that said, like, we don't have a good plan. We just have varying degrees of bad plans. And I think that I think that's true, honestly, that, you know, no matter what they do, there's always going to be some level of risk to it. There's always going to be some concern. Um, for sure. for, you know, there's, there's a limit to what you can do. Plus, not even to mention, just to, to touch on baseball one more time before we move on. Mm-hmm. Man, the, the, the suggestions that have been thrown out have been to play at the uh, spring training facilities. Dude, you know how much the, the home run totals are going to be inflated for like that year? Mm-hmm. The fences are shorter. The pitchers probably won't even be in, in their best shape uh, to begin with. Uh, and, I mean, to not have crowds, you know, it seems like you wouldn't be, like, overly adrenaline. You, you wouldn't have too much adrenaline to where you would swing it like a, at, a, like a, you know, at a curveball. Like, you see, you know, during spring training, you'll have these guys hit, like, phenomenally well because there's just not as much pressure. So, mm-hmm. I, I, I think people – I mean, it would obviously be – there wouldn't be 162 games. But I, I don't know. I, I think people's – you know, for a variety of factors that uh, – Offense would be uh, scorching on up. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you you mentioned the whole thing of sports without fans. One thing I will, I will say is I think it can still work and still be entertaining without fans. I think it'll still be well watched and people want to check it out and still get involved in it, even without you know the factor of the crowd noise and the adrenaline in that way. I think you saw that with the with the UFC fight uh, that went on without fans. Awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, there, just the reaction to it on social media stuff like on um, like the knockout that Nganu had um was was this huge thing online even that like it felt like it was kind of the same reaction to it regardless of whether or not there have been fans in the arena that night and it it still works and so that so that part of it gave me hope yeah i mean i i watched the most of the pay-per-view with my dad and it it was phenomenal i mean especially i think for a sport like that and for a sport like basketball where there's a lot of you know we'll say smack talk, trash talk, uh, SHI bleep talk. Um, I think that there's a lot of stuff that I think people will find cool and interesting about, you know, sort of seeing like, you know, like, like sort of like behind the scenes look. There's obviously been, you know, you know, mic'd up in the NFL. There's been, you know, you have the, the coaches who are like huddles or they're, sorry, they're, they're, they're mic'd up in the huddles and you get to hear them a little bit. Obviously like with no crowd and I'm guessing the announcers probably wouldn't be there in person. You know, you'll get to hear, you know, LeBron and, you know, Kawhi talking junk to each other up and down the, uh, up and down the floor, which I think will be really cool. I, I think there will be some, at least uh, until this thing is, is in the past, I think it'll be kind of a cool um, behind the scenes look for, for mm-hmm. fans, you know, to get to see and hear things that they wouldn't otherwise normally get to see. Yeah, I heard, I heard one proposal one time that was, that said like we should, the NBA and the NHL and all these leagues should give, should go like sort of give more in-depth access to fans during the playoffs, whether it's more mics or, you know, more behind the scenes looks and things like that. Um, they should give them even more, get them even more involved in the action at times like that. And this would be a really interesting way to, I think, test that out. Listen, and, every, right now, man, there's no bad idea. Well, there's no, there's no bad ideas that shouldn't be entertained. I think everything should be on the table, you know, 
all of our lives are going to have an, an asterisk over the next, you know, six to eight to 12 to 18 months. So try it, try everything. If you screw up, I think people will probably give you more slack at this point anyway. So there, actually, I don't think there won't be quite as much media scrutiny. So I look, I think trying things, seeing what sticks, seeing what you can bring, then bring back once times become more normal again, whatever that new normal uh, might be, I think it's something that uh, all the league sh uh, should explore. So anyways, what are you most excited for when we uh, do eventually get back to sports? I'm excited for, you know, all these players, you know, every single sport is such a grinding season. So I'm excited to see all these players, um, you know, come back with, with like sort of well-rested, ready to go, whether that's LeBron or Kawhi or Giannis or, you know, Ovechkin, if we're talking NHL, um, just all these players with, with ha who have had this time off to sort of rejuvenate and refresh themselves. Uh, I don't think, I think it's kind of a relatively even playing field. It doesn't, I don't think this benefits one team significantly more than it benefits any other, just because of how long this layoff has been that everybody's just been waiting around for so long that it sort of gives everybody the same advantage or disadvantage, depending on how you look at it. So I'm just ready for all these players to come back, hopefully at, you know, hundred percent or close to it and be ready to go for hopefully what should be uh, some really good playoffs. Yeah. So one thing I, I will say, it's like a quick note is I've always kind of wondered in the back of my head, man, like what, what would happen if the, you know, the playoffs, you know, we're at the, like, we're at the very beginning of the season and players could be like, well rested and healthy. You know, I have, you know, Plenty. I mean, we all have, we all have plenty of recollections of guys who just got hurt, you know, because the season was just such a long grind. They got banged up over 82 games and the playoff series. Obviously, yep. you know, you have seven 2016 with the knee. You have, you know, KD got hurt last year. LeBron's had injury. I mean, every you know, Chris Paul has had a ton of injuries. And so it's you know, I've, I've always wondered, like, man, you know, for guys who start off the season feeling fresh and you know their body feels good. You know, because they've had such a few months to just rejuvenate. Like, what would happen if, if the playoffs actually were at the beginning? That way, you know, you you'd actually be fresh and healthy. And so, I think there's an argument to be made that yes, okay, you know, perhaps in the beginning it won't be quite as well played because guys will have been out for a while. But I think at this point, guys know the deal. You know, players are working out. There was a report that LeBron is having private workouts and everyone's getting tested. People, so don't freak out. But he's having workouts with his Laker teammates to get them prepared. So I think. Look, maybe after the first few games, I think it might actually be uh, the most well-played playoffs uh, that we've seen in a long time. Yeah. And I think it's important. It shouldn't be a hot take, but, you know, maybe it is. But mm. I think there's going to be some kind of training camp, whether it hopefully they like, you know, three, four weeks, maybe something like that, just to get everybody back into shape and ready to go. They're already practicing again, get the chemistry back. So. I, think, I think people will be I – think, I, think, I think the players will be, like, well-rested. They'll be back up to speed, like you mentioned. Uh, and they'll, they'll, they'll have – you know, they'll have had a lot more rest heading into, you know, the biggest month or two of the season. Yeah, exactly. And the, fan, the fans will still want to wrap themselves up in the action and sure. all the social media discussions and have, have, you know, watch parties. Obviously, maybe not in-person watch parties, but, you know, virtual watch parties oh, for, their, for their teams and all and that listen, stuff. And, like, yeah, I agree. You know, and everyone will still want to, you know, clown uh, Kendrick Perkins' stupid tweets um, and, and ignorant and, and, and terrible takes. On, uh, on on Twitter, so mm -hmm. I, yeah. I, I, I had to add that in. So. And that, that was something I was I was thinking about. Is do you think in a situation like this, I would think from the thing I mentioned earlier, do you think there are are any winners and losers in like specific, in like specific teams or players in this kind of setup? Yeah, so I don't think there's necessarily any losers. Uh, I I think that the Clippers are, are definitely the the team that 
could benefit the most from this. I mean, you you saw like the record with everyone healthy was like ten and zero, which maybe they like only played like ten or twelve games with their whole roster healthy. Obviously, you have Kawhi. I mean, geez, Kawhi. I I, I love the guy. He's a great player. Dude, the dude better not load manage for another freaking second. He's had months to load manage. No more load management. Obviously, Paul George started off the season banged up. You know, they both, you know, the Clippers have had a lot of injuries. Uh, they've, had, they're, they've had guys, especially their, their, uh, their, their best two, George and Leonard, have, have missed time. So I, I think now for them, you can finally play as a cohesive unit. Everyone should be healthy and fresh and in, in shape. Uh, and so they, they, shouldn't, they shouldn't have to, to rest or, you know, play with, you know, only, you know, parts of their team or most of their team. They should have their whole unit back together. So hopefully they should be able to, you know, peak at the right time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also think a lot of the same things go uh, for the Bucs uh, because, you know, they've been one of the best teams in the league, probably the best team in the league pretty much all season. But right when this started, they were, they were one on a three-game losing streak. Uh, and, it, and then when the season stopped, they'd, they'd lost three in a row. So they had a chance to, you know, gather themselves and recalibrate and sort of get everybody back at the speed. Because I, I think the Bucs are just are really, really good. And I think once they had – when they had that kind of – break it gives them a chance to sort of gather themselves and figure things back out again and they had a chance to say okay where did it, where did it start going wrong over those over those three games and obviously right. it's been a little bit it's been a little bit longer than that now for it to matter too much but it's it's still giving them more time you know i agree i think uh this is obviously going to be a big playoff a big playoffs for them you know because of you know the big the 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 six foot ten athletic elephant in the room in Giannis, so they this is going to be this is going to be big for them anyway. So I think any any rest or any recuperation that they could have, um, I think I think will be good. I think we, we should also mention the Nets too. I mean, Joe yeah. Harris went on a podcast and said he was literally going to announce that he was out for a month, like the day after the season got canceled. Kyrie's posted on social media uh, that he's he's playing basketball again. There's been some rumors about KD, although I know uh, Woj reported that he's not going to come back. But man, if this thing goes late into the summer, like I'm sorry, at a certain point, I mean, I don't know. I know it's like th- that level of intensity, right? You know, right away for him might be a little bit too much. But at least, I mean, the, the Nets are certainly going to entertain the idea. Then you have, like I said, Harris. You have Kyrie Irving. Um, by the way, Spencer Dinwiddie with his uh, <laughs> with his yeah, Bitcoin with his contract. failed Bitcoin uh, initiative. I'm like, I'm sorry. Why? Why are? Why are it's a cool idea, but why are fans going to pay a $24 million contract in the middle of a pandemic? Yeah. In the middle and, of an and, economic And just Dinwiddie of all players. Like, that's not like the... And like, he's, 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 all, he's a solid player, but he's, he's not the guy that fans are going to shell out money to... But, but no, people don't have money to shell out. Like, yeah. you know, no one, you know. So, it was, it was a cool idea, and I think... It could be tweaked and, and adjusted. So anyway, oh, okay. but I, I think I think the Nets, I think the Bucks. You're right. And in the West, I, I would definitely say uh, the Clippers for sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know how much you've been um, paying attention to this. Do you have anything? Do you, anybody you've seen in the in the NHL who you feel like uh, has really benefited or not benefited from? Like I, I think they've all probably gone on a bunch of fishing trips. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. You know, done like on uh, you know had like virtual uh beer drinking on zoom they'll, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll be fine mm-hmm. yeah just just to th- just throw out a few names really quick um you know the, the the jets the predators and the hurricanes were all were all getting hot 
right when the season got suspended, all three had sort of jumped into their into better playoff standing, improved it, or gotten into playoff position. Um, I think the winners are uh, the, the Stars because they had been they had been slipping a little bit right when it happened, um, and the Canucks because they're right behind the Predators in the standings when the Predators sort of and now that this this sort of season stopped, the Predators were seemingly seemingly getting hot. Now and then the season came to the screeching halt, so it gives everybody a chance to. Um, get back going again. Do you think that this um, season for, for any team, there's an, there's an asterisk uh, next to the title? For any no. I mean, yes, but no. I mean, obviously the season is different, but I mean, everyone, everyone's playing under the same rules. It's sort of like when, you know, there's like, a, you know, two feet of snow at a football game or there's a, ra- like a rainstorm. Look, man, both teams are playing under the same, the same conditions. It is what it is. Like I said, everyone's life in this country and probably all over the world, at least for the next six, at least for, like, for the next six months to a year to 18 months, it's going to be a little bit, you know, uh, asterisk, asterisky. It's going to have a bit of an asterisk no matter what. So I, I, I look, I don't think it is. It's, it's none of these guys fault. You know, they're all playing under the same conditions. I think, I think it's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I kind of, I kind of feel the same way. There's there, like you said, everyone's under the same circumstances. There's an asterisk only in the sense of just, Hey, this was a weird season. This was a weird year. Like it's there's there's no asterisk when there's a when there's a lockout or a strike shortened season or anything like that. It's just sort of whoever ends up winning in those circumstances wins it because everyone had this was playing under the same conditions. And I kind of I kind of feel like you have to think of it the same way. Yeah, if if, if LeBron wins, I will give him full credit. And if he chokes in the finals again, you know, we'll we'll talk about that too. So, mm-hmm. which I would not rule out, by the way. Yeah, no, I I one hundred percent agree for sure all right uh we're gonna we're gonna take a short little break right now we'll be back with more of episode two of good take right after this stay tuned so i just want to give one correction from the last podcast i said that in lebron's eight finals runs from 2011 to 2018 that he only faced four uh, first team all nbaers in his uh in those eight consecutive finals runs. He actually faced five. Uh, Derrick Rose and Dwight Howard both made it in 2011 and 2012, and Joakim Noah made it uh, in 2014. This episode of Good Take is brought to you by, well, we don't have any sponsors quite yet, but Alex and his brother made a really cool t-shirt. The shirt diagrams Kyle's game-winning play in the 2019 big game against the Stanford Cardinal, and it's the perfect thing to add for all Kyle fans and football fans to their closets. To check out that and more, go to Alex's Twitter handle at AlexSutton35 to see that and everything else that he has to offer. All right, welcome back to episode two of the Good Sake Podcast. Uh, next up, uh, we're going to discuss uh, the last year's Super Bowl. Uh, I know uh, that was a tough one for both of us. Uh, for those who don't know, I'm, I'm a Niners fan in addition to being a Colts fan. So you, you, you can think that that's weird, but that's the way my, my family allegiances uh, lined up. Uh, so it, February was a, tough, was a tough one for both of us. Uh, but we, it got sort of rehashed this past week because uh, Emmanuel Sanders went on First Things First, you know, the, the show with Nick Wright. Uh, and, you know, they were asking about the pass that he almost caught that was just overthrown uh, in, in the Super Bowl that would have been the game-winning pass to win the Super Bowl, and it just didn't quite happen. And, you know, he says, he's like, yeah, I, I – I'm never going to forget that it almost happened. Uh, 
How, how, on a scale of one to 10, how much did your blood boil when you saw that clip and saw what he said, and then were, were reminded of the uh, traumatic event that occurred on February uh, 3rd? Hmm, that's, that's a good question. Uh, we're, we're not gonna play the clip just because we're not sure about you know, the, the copyright issues of, of playing uh, clips from other networks and everything. But um, I don't know, when, when it actually happened during that game after they lost, I was, I was at a legit 9.9 or 10. Uh, now, now that I've had some time to reflect on it, um, I'm closer, like when I, when I saw that clip, I'm closer to like a, maybe a six or something. Uh, it's, it's still, it still makes me angry, but the, the bigger thing to me is that pass. Yes. It's annoying that it was overthrown. He had a shot and he missed him, but like that happens all the time. To me, the bigger way in which the 49ers lost that Super Bowl is. Hey, but there was two minutes left in the Super Bowl. It shouldn't happen then. It's not the first quarter of week six. Yes, it happens all the time, but they, they, they that the optic we have to come through in, in, uh, in a big spot. The bottom line is that pass doesn't matter if they just run the ball after that second interception on Mahomes. If on that, that weird play where Mahomes throws it behind the receiver, it gets tipped, and it ends up, in, and ends up with the 49ers, if they just start running the ball after that, they can, they can just probably just run up the clock. The Chiefs don't have a great run defense. The Niners have good running backs and good blockers. And if they decide to just run the ball instead of throwing it on both second and third down, they can start killing the clock, keep it out of Mahomes' hands. And I don't see I, that that was the thing that will always, yes, as a 49ers fan, but just as a watcher of football in general, that is the thing that will always boggle my mind about that game. Yeah, Why so do they not run the ball? The, it, it was second and long, and he, he I think Shanahan thought, well, if, if it's a third and long in an obvious passing situation, it's less likely that they would get it. So I think that's why he tried the, the play action, uh, and it, it just didn't work. And then once you, then you're in third and long, and, you know, Jimmy just Jimmy's not quite a he's not a he's not a superstar. He's not a he's not quite at the superstar level yet that some of us thought he was after the New Orleans game when he just he outdoed Drew Brees on the road. That 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 turned out to be an aberration. Yeah, and you're you're not wrong, but I, I think Shanahan's reasoning like Shanahan totally choked and totally gagged the the Falcons Super Bowl when he was their uh, offensive coordinator. This one was to me not not quite as bad. Mm. See, I I go I go in the opposite direction. This is this is maybe my twenty eight to three. They were up ten points. This they were up twenty five against. And he, and here's and here's why it's dumber because he had an opportunity after that Super Bowl to learn from his mistakes about going play action and throwing the ball in obvious running situations and all these things. He hadn't. He was literally. It was like the football god said, "Here's a second opportunity. You messed it up last time. Now do it right this time." And he screwed it up again. He did the exact same thing. It would have been better if they had ran the ball and gained zero yards on second and third down and to end up doing what they actually did because, it, because, you, kill, because you kill the clock. I get that. But uh, we, also, we also gave up like a third and 18. You say that again? We also gave up a third and 18. That too. Yeah, but again, the ball is not in Mahomes' hands in that situation if they, if they run the ball. It just isn't. You think they get the first down? No. I, th- I think no, they're more reason. likely to get the first down than they if they what it ended up actually happening. Because I, I I thought they they handled the Packers game in the NFC Championship extraordinarily well. I was like, oh, we, we both thought, oh, Shanahan's learned his lesson. I did too. Yeah. You know, there was a few times in, in you know because he he's such he's such a genius. He's such a good play caller. Such just a great football mind. You know, there's occasionally times in the regular season. You know, like against Baltimore, he got a little bit too cute. Um, you know, I think there are times when he sort of overthinks it a little bit. I, I think that was, you know, 
Yeah, I think he, he got a little bit too. The fourth quarter. I mean, he just he he's he can be he's great for like for a few quarters, and then and then in the fourth quarter, he, he calls That's too many passes with the he calls too many passes with the lead. Just he, only in only in Super Bowl, only plays. only in Super Bowl, it's only in Super. Bowl. I feel there were, weren't there a couple regular season games like the 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 lot the loss to the Seahawks, the game against the Cardinals on the road where Arizona almost came back at yeah, the end. The, there, the loss to the Seahawks, they, the, the, the Seahawks scored all three of their touchdowns off of turnovers in 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 our half of the field. Yeah. Well, I will, I would argue that in the, in the Seahawks game, and it didn't end up mattering because they ended up with the winning the division one seed anyway, yada, yada, yada. Like in that situation, as weird as it sounds, you, you have to play for the tie. I, I, they were, they tried too hard to go yeah. 90 yards oh, in, in two minutes or whatever it was. Yeah. And, okay. and, it, and thankfully for them, it, it worked out by the, by the end of the season. But if Literally. that, but if, if, if Hollister gains six more inches on that play and winds up at the end zone, then you go back to that game where, where they don't just try to, you know, run, run the clock down. And I, I, get that it's, I get that it is an incredibly conservative way of looking at a football game. I'm, I'm very aware of that. But I think that is a situation where you have to factor in the whole season outlook and the situation you're in at that moment and play for the tie. So, okay, I, I, get, I get that logic, and that, that may work in, in terms of just – you know, like the unemotional, just, you know, look at it like, you know, practical kind of way. So look, they, they passed it on, on all three downs. Uh, and with, they did two, for people who don't remember, there's two minutes left in overtime, tie game. You know, if they run the ball three times, it's, the Seahawks had no timeouts. So they, they could have kneeled it three times and, and, and just walk off with the time. I think the, the problem with, with what you're saying is, and yes, they should have ran it maybe one or two times, you know, that way, you know, you know, in case or, you know, in the situation where they did have to punt it back to the Seahawks, then they, they would have less time. So they should have backed themselves up with the plan B uh, to give Russell Wilson less time. So that, that was a mistake. But in terms of just giving up and not even trying to, to go down the field, I don't agree with that. Then I'm, not saying they have to... a knee. I'm not saying that I'm not saying they should have kneeled the ball three times. I'm just saying okay, but if, but if, well, run it a few times, see if you, can, if you can bust something for 15 or 20 yards. And if you can do that, then you go for it. So okay, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Okay, so I'm fine with running the ball in first and second down, but then at some point you have to try and throw it down the field to get it in field goal range. You have to. Yeah, and I, I can I can understand that, but the but the way they did it but with three three passes agreed. So he, he look Shanahan's not a perfect coach, and he's also, you know, I would take him you know every over every coach the, the Niners have had this this century, and with Harbaugh it's it's close. So yeah, I I just think that. Like, I, I honestly wonder if we need to check Kyle Shanahan to see if he has some sort of memory loss disease where he forgets everything once every three years. Because how do you get placed in the same situation in two Super Bowls three years apart and, and make the same mistake again? I, 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 just, I just don't get it, how, how he can remember what happened when he was with Atlanta and then still do the same thing that cost him again. Like, I, I don't I – I would love to talk to him and understand his logic there. Listen, I mean, uh, LeBron lost in the finals once. He did it again, and 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 he did it six times. So, you know, people, people re- repeat the same things. You know, I'm not saying that you're wrong. Um, I do think the situations are slightly different. Um, and I – look, I, I think Mahomes is a lot like uh, the Splash Brothers, as long as we're making the basketball analogy, and that, you know, you can be outplayed for most of the game, and then you just have five good minutes, and, and then you win. So I think, I think Shanahan just – was felt he 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 put himself under too much pressure. He 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 overthought himself. He 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 got he tried to get too cute, 
uh, and he stopped keeping it simple and he, he didn't stick with what worked. And that, yeah. that, that was his undoing again. And it's, it's just, it is amazing to me how someone who's usually such a good coach most of the time. I agree. And Paul Park Just run the ball and you win. I agree. But I, yeah, that's all here. But, but, but before we move on, uh, amongst uh, and between the two bowl losses in uh, our lifetime by the Niners, I know, but we, we, I know we disagree on which one was worse and harder to, to accept. So state your case and then I'll state mine. So I, w- I would argue the more recent one, the one against the Chiefs, was harder than the one against the Ravens, just purely because in the Ravens one, they were, they were down 22 points, then there was the blackout, and they started coming back into the game. And yes, they, and they came so, so close to winning, and I'm not arguing that. But it is – but they really had no business being in that game. That was, that was a bizarre situation, a bizarre comeback. And whereas in this one, they had the lead – and they had the ball with less than 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter, up two scores. All they needed to do was just start running the ball and killing the clock, and they didn't do that. They, they very much controlled the game there. They did not control the game in the same way against the Ravens. They, they, in the, against the Ravens, they would have stolen a victory. In the, against the Chiefs, they let a victory slip away. And that is the difference to me, is that in, in, the, Ravens, in the Ravens one, it would have felt more like they just sort of got they sort of got lucky in, in the one against the Chiefs. Got lucky, they just blew it. Wait, why, why, maybe, why, maybe why, not, why, not, why, not, maybe not the right term, but uh-huh. I'm, you know you know what I'm saying, right? That they it, it feels Florida? like they would have just sort of they would have just snuck away with one against the Chiefs. It really felt like they had it and then just lost it. Okay, I, I hear you, and and you know may, maybe this is a, a part of me that thinks, man. Patrick Mahomes is just too good. Like, we, we got beat by, you know, someone who was incredible. And, yes, we did blow it. But dude, against the Ravens, so, number one, uh, we, we gave up 34 points uh, to Joe Flacco. I know he was on, on a hot streak, but, like, come on. We, we lost to Joe Flacco. We, should, we shouldn't have lost. Kaepernick was probably one of the five uh, best quarterbacks uh, in the league uh, at that point. We had a great defense. I mean, gosh, I mean, Alden Smith, Justin Smith, yeah, you know, uh, Navarro Bowman, uh, Patrick, well, I mean, you, you would, Ahmad Brooks, so you had Deshaun Goldson, Don, you, you had like a stack, Dante, what are you had a stack defense? So th- there, we had no business giving up that, that many points uh, to Baltimore. That's number one. Number two, okay, we, we have second goal on the five yard line, five yards in, uh, to win the Super Bowl. Okay, Frank Gore, our, our boy, uh, first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the, probably one of the most universally liked and respected players in any sport that I've ever seen. Did not touch the ball one time, not one time, with a chance to win the Super Bowl. And that is after he had been there, you know, for years under Mike Nolan, years on, under Mike Singletary, years under a terrible offensive line with Alex Smith, who at that point in, in, in his career was an injured bum. He had no help. The defenses could key in on him. And he still had over 1,000 yards rushing year after year after year. And we finally had a chance to be like, hey, here you go, man. Take it off. You know, there's a famous quote with, uh, you know, Walter Payton, who he, he, he didn't get a chance to, to uh, score a touchdown um, in the Super Bowl. And I think, it was, I believe it was 85. And he said, like, I, I always, you know, held it against Ditka. I always, um, it always sort of ate at me. And, man, we, we had a chance to, to make all those years for Gore, come for Frank Gore, come full circle, you know, pay it back to him. And we, we, look, if, 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 we give it to, if we give it to him once and he gets stuffed, that's fine. But man, like we we didn't even give him a chance, and then we throw it to to Crabtree three times in a row. Seriously, and then especially when you put it into context, where our year 
uh, end of the next year by Kaepernick trying to, to throw it to Crabtree again. I mean, why, why, why? I mean, look, Ka- Kaepernick's, you know, his, his touch and his passes is, was, was never his forte. You know, Ka- Crabtree, as, as, a, as a possession receiver, was never his forte. He was o- always a more finesse, uh, you know, route, route runner type of, type of receiver. So and neither one of those guys in either run of the past was, was either one of their strengths. And we had probably the best running back we've ever had who had been there through so many tough, crappy, shitty years. And we, we didn't even give him a chance to, you know, to pull it up. Look, I'm, didn't I'm not – Not even one. We had four chances. We had three chances. Zeb, Second goal from the five. I am not saying that doesn't suck. It does. Of course it does. But the debate here is not which one sucks and which one doesn't. It is just which one sucks worse. Also, we gave it to LaMichael James before we gave it to Frank Gore. Yes, all that that is true. I'm not denying that. And it was was really, really, really tough to watch. But a couple things I will say about that is, one, they they were down by 22 points in the second half of that game. They really had no business being in that game. And the the fact that they come back at all was something of a miracle in and of itself. So, so there's that. And so just, just being the fact they made it close felt like something of a victory when you were leading the game by 10 points, I guess 10 minutes to go. And, and you don't just start running out the clock and then it comes back around to bite you to the, to the point that, the, the Chiefs wanted to put the ball with the lead. So the Niners defense has to sell out and they give that they give the big touchdown run to uh, to Williams uh, to kind of to kind of close things. That is just that was just so brutal to me that I think I think it's just important. It. And the other thing is after that, after the loss to the Ravens, it didn't it didn't feel like they like the 49ers were were done. It felt like they were gonna be fighting for the Super Bowl for, for years to come. Now, obviously, that didn't end up coming to fruition because sort of things with Harbaugh got ugly and everything started to fall apart. Are, are they not going to be in contention for the next few years? It, 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 it feels like this season kind of might have been the, 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 the dream season, like the one, the one to get it done. You know, I mean, they were – I would – there's something in an argument to be made that they, were the, that they were the third best team in the NFC after the Saints and the Seahawks, and they were lucky not to run into them in the playoffs. I think it's the Warriors were lucky not to play the Spurs and the Clippers in uh, 2015. A little bit, and, and so there's so there's that. It just ended, and and now they, they don't they don't have they don't have Buckner anymore. It just it feels it feels like this 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 was the year to do it. We, we, we drafted Javon Kinlaw though, and from everything I've I've seen, he, he's, 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 he's good. I, I like I like that pick, but he's not he's not going to be the same player right away. And it just All feels right. it just feels like this was the time to do it. This was the opportunity. They had the game in their hands, and then they lost it. Whereas in the previous Super Bowl, they were incredibly lucky to get, get back in that game and then, and then mess it up at the very end when they, when they would have had a chance. And that, that's where the difference comes into me. No, listen, I, I, I agree with you that this is not about which one sucks and which one doesn't. It's about which one sucks worse. I just, to not give Frank Gore, to not give Frank Gore you, know, you know, a bite at the apple, that 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 will always eat at me. It always will. That that I will never get over that. So yeah. like, I'm never get over the, this past Super Bowl either. Uh-huh. Like I, I think the, the Niners probably outperformed and overachieved this year from what they perhaps should have. And look, I think they actually might be better this year, even though they'll probably have a worse record and might not go as far. I think they'll be a better team. Uh, but look, I mean, you have Jimmy G is going to get better. I think Shanahan will improve as a coach, even though. 
You know, I, I get he's, he's, he might frustrate both of us. Um, look, I mean, look, they're, they're going to sign Kittle to a long extension. They just got uh, someone who AP called the best left tackle and uh, the best offensive lineman in all of football in Trent Williams for basically nothing. Um, dude, I mean, they're, they're I, I like both their, uh, their interior line play. Uh, I like their interior line play on both sides of the ball, rather. And then, look, their skill, their skill positions are, are, like, pretty good. Uh, they're not, are they A-plus? No. But G- Jimmy G has more than enough to work with. Uh, and then, especially, dude, it, th- their backfield is, like, stacked. I mean, they have Mostert. I think McKinnon's going to have a big year, finally. They, they, have, they have plenty of, of options to go on offense. They're, they're, they're not going to lack for depth uh, whatsoever. And then other, dude, other than the secondary, I think this team can compete on, on, on every level on both sides of the ball. I really think they, they don't have any, any weaknesses other than their secondary. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just. Which, by the it, way, I mean, if you, if, you, if you have a good front seven, I'm fine with having the, um, an, an average to below average secondary. Mm-hmm. I mean, so many things of this season, though, came together perfectly. It's the fact that they yes. had. I mean, it's the fact that they didn't, that they had a, rel- they had a relatively easy schedule that allowed them to just roll off a bunch of wins early in the season. It's the fact that the, the Seahawks and the Saints, both of whom might have had more pure football talent than the Royers, both had some we, 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 but wait, can, can, can I just, sorry to cut you off, but can, can I just re- re- respond really quick? So the, the reason we didn't have to face the Saints in the playoffs was because we beat them on the road. So they, they, which, that's part of why they ended up falling to, to, to you know, they didn't have, end up having to buy them. They had to play the Vikings. That road game was a 50-50 game that could have very easily gone, gone in the other direction. Of course. And, but dude, every, every season, I mean, we can go through every season probably yeah. and find close. I mean, how many close games did, um, did the Patriots have? When the Patriots won, won the Super Bowl, the only reason that they had home field in, in the AFC playoffs and they didn't end up having to play the Steelers was because they, the Steelers had the, the game won against the Pats, but the, Jesse James had the, the, like the, the touchdown where he like didn't have possession of the ball. And so the Pats ended up winning because they picked up Ben on the next play. Like, there's, there's so many – like I hear you, but like, there's so many, so many games where one play here, one play there. So – Look, Shanahan just has to be smart, you know, in, in close situations, and then Jimmy G has to come through. And mm-hmm. if that happens, they'll win at least ten or eleven games. This upcoming year, I feel very confident. But my point, my point is, they had so many things fell into place in a situation sure. where they could be in the Super Bowl, and all they needed to do was just start running the ball and running down the clock to win it. So, and they didn't do that because the, that head coach. I, I, it makes me so angry just like no, look, I get it. But so let, let's keep in mind for next year. So they're 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 going to play the, the two other first place teams in the NFC, or they're going to play three. But we'll focus on the, the, the divisions they don't play. They're going to play the Saints and the Packers next year. The Packers, I think, are, are not going to be a playoff team. I think they're the, the worst, most overrated thirteen and three team that's there's ever been. You've already heard, you know, rumors that Aaron Rodgers and Matt Lafleur are, are banging heads a little bit. I mean, they just drafted Aaron Rodgers' backup. I mean, that, that's not going to go over well. Plus, dude, they're playing. The AFC East and the NFC East. I mean, come on. They're going to play the, the Giants, the Redskins. They're going to play the Patriots without Brady. They're going to play the Jets, the Bills. I mean, and look, who knows what these teams are going to look like. But you can't tell me they're, they're not going to have at least some modicum of success, you know, against their – at least in their uh, division – at least in their games outside of, of the division. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're going to be they're, – they're going to be in contention next year. Look, who knows? A lot of these games, a lot of, a lot of these playoff games come down to a few plays. And so, look, they're going to have to, to, you know, produce results differently, clearly. But, but they're, they're going to be in the mix, you know, for years to come. Who knows if they're going to have as good of, of an opportunity as they had last year, though. That may, that may never happen again in our lifetimes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, 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 
uh, when it comes to that, I, I do share uh, your, your frustration. So anyway, uh, let, let's let's move on to uh, another championship team. Yeah, or a, another, like, another almost championship team. Yeah, another team that almost won a title in 2019. Yes. Uh, it's, been, it's been reported that um, LeBron's media company is producing some kind of uh, short-form documentary on the uh, Astros cheating scandal. Um, are you looking, what, are you, what do you think of, what do you make of all of this stuff? Obviously, there's been so many details that's come out over the last few months, and it just seems like the story just keeps getting crazier and crazier. What do you make of all of it? So, what do you make of it? The Astros are L-U-C-K-Y that this season did not happen. They are so lucky because Lord knows everyone and their mother would have booed the crap out of them all season long, April through September. My dad was supposed to go to the second series of the season at the Oakland Coliseum. And I, I, I text him. I'm like, Dad, like, can, you, can you boo the hell out of him for me? To, I, I would love that. You know, he's like, yeah, I, I got you. I can't wait. Like, man, they, they would have had the weight of the world just – you know crush them this year and they they got they basically get you know a year to sort of let the let the pain and anger sort of subside a little bit so look i'm sure people will boo them in 2021 but it, it, it's not going to be the same as it would have been this year so they 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 got just beyond beyond lucky they just they they so like so fortunate i mean gosh for a while there the you know the remember the thing with altuve and his buzzer or his rumored buzzer when he hit the the Block off home run uh, in Game Six of the ALCS against Aroldis Chapman. That was like all, that was all anybody could talk about for days and sometimes weeks. I mean, how often is how often is baseball the main topic on so many of these shows? Like Cowherd, you know, Broussard and Rob Park. I mean, it's, it was the main topic on so many shows, and that was all that was the main topic in sports uh, for weeks. I mean, especially post Super Bowl and pre NBA playoffs. It's kind of a little bit of a dead time in sort of the sports talk world. That baseball was getting a, like baseball was getting some key like uh, was was getting the key coverage that it had never gotten before, especially heading into the season. You know, you had Correa, you know, with Ken Rosenthal like telling um, uh, telling uh, telling uh, someone on the Dodgers uh, like, that he didn't know what the hell he was talking about. There was some serious trash talk. I believe it was it was Justin Turner or someone can check me on that. Um, but it, I mean, the, baseball had never had this kind of spice and flair before. I think it was really good for the sport. I think the, I think the ratings for the season were actually going to be the highest they'd ever been in a while. And now, assuming that it doesn't come back until next season, the ratings are probably going to be lower than they've been in a while. So I think mm-hmm. baseball really missed out on an opportunity to see like a real true villain, you know, in addition to the Yankees. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, if, if baseball were, were, not, were not to come back until next season, what would the, what would the punishments be? That's, what, that's kind of what I want to know. Like, would, they, would they alter the way the punishments have been for, for A.J. Hinch and Jeff Lunau? And all these guys, no, because they that out for a year. I mean, then I don't know. It also it also affects all the contract stuff. I mean, you think about the Dodgers trading for for Mookie Betts, you know, and expecting to get him for this whole year, and then everything's going to be changed if. Yeah, so I I've, I've I have a good friend who works um, for the Indians, and he 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 basically told me that look, everyone's just going to go a year forward, and that's just is what it is. Maybe things will change. Um, I think all the sort of you know. Everything that's about to go down with baseball will probably go down in, in the next few weeks. So I think I think we'll find we'll find out about that shortly, and then we'll we'll, we'll discuss on, on 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 this pod. But look, I I'm, I'm as bummed as anybody because I, I think the A's had a great shot to to win the World Series this year. I think they their their pitching staff. I'm, I I won't go too nerd heavy on the A's on this pod, but they in terms of their their the, the players on on you know on contracts that were that were payable that were payable, 
because as we know, the A's trade players away as soon as they are about to hit free agency. So the timing of this year was going to be really good for the A's, both on offense, defense, and pitching. So I, look, I'm, I'm as bummed as anybody. I just don't see how they can bring the season back, like we said. So yeah, the Astros. Like, look, I, I, I will still boo them, you know, whenever I get the chance. So as I'm sure many people will. Yeah, definitely. Do you think that the uh, 2017 championship should have been vacated? I don't know. I have my own thoughts. I'm on not. This, I'm not so. a big. You don't think so? I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm, like, reluctant, but I, I don't think it should have been. Look, it's sort of like when they vacate, like, these college basketball championships, like, they, like they, you know, because someone sold or they vacated, like, Reggie Bush's Heisman or something. Like, dude, look, we all saw what happened. We all have eyes. Like, we can't just, like, erase it from our memory. So, just, it's, I don't know. I sort of feel like just what's the point, you know? Mm-hmm. No, I 100% agree. Like, history is – history can't be undone. I don't think I've never, I've never liked, you know, vacating wins or championships or whatever, because it doesn't change anybody's memory of what happened. No one will, no one stops thinking of USC or Louisville or whatever as national champion. No one stops thinking of of Joe Paterno as having all those wins. No one, and on the same note, no one's going to stop. That's a different, that's a different, but go ahead. But but it's, it's still the vacating of wins. Obviously the, the reasons are very different and, Sure. And obviously, one is far worse. But but the I, I, I would argue wins. that actually I, I would have stripped it in Paterno's case. But we I digress. That that would be like my one exception. But but, but anyway. my my point being, yeah. regardless of how you feel about that, it still is not going to change your memory of him being the, being the winningest coach of all time or or anything else. It's not going to so vacating the Astros championship. It doesn't change the the memories of that postseason because that was a, that was an that was incredible playoffs and. Oh, I mean, this, the, the intensity was, was next level. And it, it, it's not going to – the fact that, that suddenly now the – by the record books, the MLB doesn't consider the Astros to have won the World Series that year. It doesn't change how I'm going to remember that. It doesn't change the way I think about it. Sure. And mm-hmm. it doesn't affect it for me in any way, really. Yeah. Honestly, for me, I almost think that by, by keeping it, you almost – let the Astros sort of deal with the shame and deal with knowing that people look at them differently and knowing that people will have a sort of a mental asterisk of, of that championship versus, like you said, if they take it away, then people will say, no, 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 but, 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 but. So then the, the sort of public opinion might actually swing towards the Astros, even just a little bit. So I think actually keeping it makes them almost look worse. Mm-hmm. And- just like, like every, everyone knows the, the circumstances surrounding that year. So yeah, what, 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 why do you take it away or not? I mean, what are you going to take away, you know, the championship rings? Are you going to take away, you know, the paychecks that you get for going deeper into the playoffs? I mean, I just, right. I just don't, there's so many things that would have to be revoked and then to go back in time. Mm-hmm. Um, look, at, at the end of the day, Altuve is going to have shame. Correa, freaking Justin Verlander, who was on his high horse talking about, oh, there's no room for cheating in baseball, trying to be, you know, the veteran leading voice calling out, Every other team, when, when they would do something uh, questionable, both when he was in Detroit and in Houston, and the whole time, or at least for the last few years, it was going on right behind his back, right under his nose, and he said nothing. So, look, the, the, the Astros, at some point, whenever baseball comes back, they are going to have to, uh, they are going to, have to deal with uh, quite, a, quite a lot of uh, animosity towards their way, and, and they'll, they'll deserve every, every single second and every single boo 
uh, that comes in their direction. Yeah. And obviously. Also, one more thing I will add is this idea of vacating the championship. It feels to me like that's very much the equivalent of sort of wagging your finger and going, no, 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 you did a bad thing. Like not actually punishing them for anything. Like, I don't want to see you like retroactively punish someone for like, a thing they already did. That, like they can't really be, but I'd rather, my point is I'd rather see the punishment be for the future down the line. You know, suspend some individual players who you believe are draft picks, maybe too. Suspend Altuve, suspend Correa, suspend Bregman, suspend whoever. You know, one thing I was thinking about is like a a one year postseason ban. You know, like even like going something as far as that, like you know how like you know you'll have like a a bowl ban or an NCAA tournament ban for for college teams. Why not try the same thing here? Why not say like, okay, no matter what you do in the next season, you can't make the playoffs. Like for for example. Before we move on, I just want to say the only problem with that is, is then if, if they finish with, with with the best record, then wouldn't it almost be like, you know, so let's say the A's came in second in the AOS, but they got to go to the playoffs. Then if the A's ended up winning winning it all, then wouldn't there be an asterisk around them? So they, then they wouldn't get as much credit, and then it would affect the people's memories for them. And then, I look, I would just take away draft picks. Uh, salary cap money that you know they can't you know so their salary cap the salary cap gets cut in half by 30 percent whatever something something like that i think i think one thing we can both agree on in that way is there should have been more the, the, the punishments they were given probably weren't enough to i think i think the overall punishment should have been harsher but i think we can both agree that vacating a championship kind of wouldn't have been the way to do it i agree i agree yeah all right with that we're going to move on to our closing segment. Uh, as always, we're gonna to try to do a little bit of special segment at the end of each episode. Uh, maybe not related to the news, but just something fun, uh, a little fun sports discussion uh, to close out the show. This week, we're doing a segment called Would You Rather? In this bit, with the two of us, we'll give each other Would You Rather hypothetical scenarios and we'll have to pick which option we would like to choose. You want to go first or should I go first on this one or? Uh, why don't you go first? All right. Question one. Right now, would you rather start your NBA team with Giannis or Kawhi? Uh, I would probably choose Kawhi. I would choose Kawhi. As much as I love Giannis, this game is still a little bit too one-dimensional. And when it comes down to not coaching time in the playoffs, needs to be able to have uh, new ways to score. You know, especially like a mid-range, a post-up, a turnaround jumper. Um, his 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 three-point jump shot is too inconsistent. He needs he needs you know he needs to diversify his 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 way the ways he can score. As 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 much as I love him and as great as he is, mm-hmm. as much as I would love for him to be on the Warriors in a year. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, how about you? Uh, yeah, I'd I'd, I'd rather go Kawhi. Uh, more more experience. Um, more more experience with the team leader. More more playoff experience. Um, more sort of versatile all-around guy. Yeah, I go. there's more ways he can score. Yeah. Also, Kawhi, Kawhi gave it, gave it, gave it to him in the, in the playoffs last year, head-to-head. So, um, all right. So, my first uh, would you rather question um, is: Would you rather start your team with Luka Doncic or Zion Williamson? I would rather start my team with Luca. Uh, first off, he's been in he's been in the NBA for a little bit longer, so he has more experience. Also, I think he's the just uh, similar to the Giannis Kawhi. I think he's more complete player, uh, better passer, better shooter. Um, you just and someone who you can trust to put the ball in his hands more and lead your offense. Whereas Zion is a you know phenomenal athlete, great inside scorer, all those things. But Luca, I think you can. 
trust him to to lead your team more than you can trust Zion to lead your team. I don't know. What do you think? Actually, I would probably say so. It's obviously close. They're both going to be any Hall of Fame players. Needless to say, I would actually take Zion. I think Luca. I mean, look, he'll obviously be great. I think they could both win MVPs. I just, at least for Zion, I think, A, he's a couple years younger, but also there's no defense that I think is going to slow him down. I think at least for the next few years, I think in the playoffs, Luka could actually uh, get disrupted by some physicality in the postseason. I mean, Zion is bigger, faster, stronger than everyone, more athletic, and he is a decent enough jumper, at least to keep teams honest, uh, I think. And, look, he's, he's good off the dribble. He, he can switch on defense. There's one scout that said he was like Draymond Green with rockets in his ass. So there's, there's a lot more things that he can do on, on, uh, on defense. It would make me uh, give him the slight edge. Mm. I, I think I will say I think that, can, that could change over time. But right now, at this exact moment, I go Luca. Yeah, at, at this exact moment, yes, I would say career aside. But th- at this moment, I agree. All right. Question two for me. Uh, if you were a wide receiver, would you rather catch passes from Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees? I would say Drew Brees because of the – just the, the the drama seems to be less common uh, and to a smaller degree with Drew Brees. It seems like he's just not, – not that Aaron Rodgers is a bad guy, but there seems to always be friction or drama or unnecessary noise. Uh, as we know, more than any other sport, football and, you know, football locker rooms, like, like you know, like to and need to block out noise from, you know, outside the building, as they like to say. Uh, and so I think it's close enough. I think Rodgers is a little better talent-wise and has a better arm, obviously. I would say Breeze is a little more accurate and has uh, less, less – he brings along uh, less distractions. So I, w- I would take Breeze. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how about you? Uh, I, think, I think it depends. I think, if, I think if it's one game, I'm going Aaron Rodgers because I trust him more to put the ball in my hands on any route in any situation. Play breaks down. He has to scramble. You know, I have to – improvise whatever that sort of thing if it's a season then i'm going breeze for the for the reasons you talked about all right here i'll here i'll I'll say probably peak aaron Rodgers, and right now probably breeze okay we're talking one we're talking one game okay uh would you rather dunk on a seven footer you know like as a poster and like pump your chest let's go or hit a 500 foot home run and pose and just stare and just you know hold your pose and just you know, look at, uh, at what you just accomplished. Hmm. Because bo- both are like just, oh, bo- both would just be incredible. I would love to feel either one of them. I would, I would rather dunk on a seven-footer and, and flex on him after, after completing the poster dunk. Uh, I've always, I don't know, maybe, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm an old cantankerous guy for this, but the, uh, the, the risk of getting the, of the uh, 500-foot home and posing is gonna, you're going to get a ball at your head next time. Uh, so I know I don't I don't I don't want a, a 95 mile an hour fastball um, coming within two inches really? of the bat. Sure? So sure? so uh, I'm I'm posing on the guy I'm dunking on the guy I'm I'm flexing on him and cause I, and just getting the crowd fired up that way. Yeah, pro- probably me too. But both are you know probably the two two of the top like sports macho moments for sure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, right. no, I, I I I would probably agree with you. All right, round three. Uh, if your life depended on it, would you rather have to put the ball in play against Adam Wainwright or score a penalty shot goal against Carey Price? Let's assume you're able to skate and, like, like I know not to think about it. I – sorry, this is like if, if I'm facing Adam Wainwright, I get just one pitch? No, you get one at bat. 
when I bat. Mm-hmm. Right, then I would still go Carey Price because then, then at least at least with Carey Price, I can control what happens. Like at least I'm I'm in control of the puck versus if I'm getting bitched to, I, I have to react. Plus, he can even throw me, you know, curveball slider, 80, 85, 90 miles an hour. So. I, if, if, at least if, I, if I'm in control of something, I have a, some chance in hell to do it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, you? I, I would I would agree with that. I think with with Carey Price, there's a better chance. Like, there's gonna be some fluky situation where I just sort of happen to put it in the one place he can't get it and put it in. So, so I, I would go I would go Carey Price as well. All right, all right. Um, who would you rather listen talk to talk about sports, uh, Kendrick Perkins or Reggie Miller? Ooh, man. That's tough. Um, I, I would, I would go, I would go Reggie Miller because uh, yes, Reggie Miller can be annoying sometimes, but at least he just doesn't say ridiculous things just for the sake of saying ridiculous things. And it's obvious Kendrick Perkins, I think, has some. You know, with just the, I think the LeBron bias is is pretty far out there for him. And with with Reggie Miller, at least I don't, I don't love, I don't love Reggie Miller, but at least there isn't that level of bias in in the stuff he says. That's true. You know, probably me too. And I think also when you listen to them, you also know at least Reggie could hoop and Cedric Perkins was, you know, he's a bum talking like he wasn't, you know. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Uh, my last question here. This one's very important, so pay attention. Would you rather have an MMA fight against five chicken-sized people or one person-sized chicken? Say it one more time. Would you rather have an MMA fight against five chicken-sized people or one person-sized chicken? Five chicken-sized people versus one per- person-sized chicken. Yeah. Probably five chicken, uh, uh, chicken-sized, probably five chicken-sized people. Okay. I think I could at least ward them off. And like, I could probably see a lot of them, like keep an eye on a few of them at once and uh, ward them off. Uh, I think having a chicken, a chicken would be too, Chickens have so much energy. They're so like, the sprouty and quick. It would, it would, they would just be hard to manage. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wait, wait, what, do you, what, do you, what do you think? That that is a hell of a question. Wow. Yeah. I I would I'd probably go five chicken sized people just kind of for the same reason. Just hold them off and hopefully you know win by decision or something. Whereas whereas a chicken you know it can clot you and peck at you and it's and it's really big and it's just constantly going to be moving around and. Plus, like, couldn't it like poop and like distract you and stuff like that, right? Yeah, probably, and also like, and also just flap its wings a lot, and that could that would probably freak. I'd probably freak me out if I got in the octagon with it. So, sure. okay, that's a good question. My question, I thought, I thought I had a, uh, I thought I had a, a, like a ridiculous final question, but it may not be quite as much. Uh, mine was, would you rather have a hot dog eating contest against Charles Barkley or a free throw shooting contest against Shaquille O'Neal? I would, I would rather have a free throw shooting contest against against Shaq. Uh, I I think because that one I think I might actually be able be able to win. I'm not a very fast eater. <laughs> um, That's funny. I'm, I'm not I'm not a very fast eater, and I I do I, I feel like I actually do a pretty good free throw technique. Just you know, take a couple deep breaths, bounce the ball, good motion, flick your wrist, and and hopefully knock down. Shaq was only like a 52 percent career. Well, I, I said, would you rather? Not what you what you have a better chance of winning, but I got you. Yeah, I'd, I'd want to enter the competition. I think I have a better chance of winning. And okay, that's fair. And I'm I and usually we, me too. But yeah, and we we've, we've known each other for a, for a long time. So you know this. I'm a very like slow, methodical eater. I don't like to to stuff food down. So I got you. So with with that in mind, I I probably hopefully, I mean depending on how Shaq's doing that day, hopefully I only need to hit like six or seven out of ten 
to to win. So Six, seven, seven. No, yeah. no, seven, seven. If, if you if you with seven, you, you, you can just leave. You don't even have to watch him shoot. You you, you should just you'll you'll be you'll be in plenty of good shape. I, I don't I don't know. You know he's 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 going to shoot better without without a crowd and without like you know without the game situation. So I'm, I I'm feel like he almost in practice. Uh, I was watching a clip a while back that he, he was um I think when Kristen Ledlow um the TNT reporter when she first came to to, to TNT I think she had, she had a free throw shooting contest with Shaq and I believe. Uh, it was like most out of five, and I think they each made one out of five, and then he won the tiebreaker. So he's not, he's not, uh, mm-hmm. still not exactly uh, precise uh, and on, on target with this with the shooting. Yeah, and he's not he's not shooting regularly anymore. So maybe I can catch him on an off day for sure. Uh, for me, I think I, I would probably, I, I probably have a better chance of winning against Shaq. But if I could, if I could at least not have to eat the buns, I would probably do the hot. I mean. Dude, eating hot dogs with with Chuck. I mean, what could possibly be more fun than that? I just it just seems like there's nothing that could possibly just top that experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially, I don't know if, if if anyone out there has seen like his his rant uh, about the Suns and he's like, you know, they got the cold bones, you know, you know, amongst his, the other things that he complained about. He just Chuck is just such a cool guy. Uh, I would love to to you know ten minutes. Let's go. You know, I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I would I would love to golf with Charles Barkley because we're both very bad. I think that would that would be a fun way to keep it entertaining, even if I'm getting frustrated at the at the way I'm playing. So, well, you know, uh, speaking of people who have no chance of winning, uh, Chuck at golf, I think probably probably fits that bill. So, I think uh, I think his I think his uh, I think his Chuck's golf swing is like is like uglier than someone's face after like being punched by you know John Jones or something. It's terrible. It's terrible. So, yeah. Anyway. All right. Ho- ho- hopefully, at least, hopefully, at least at some point in our lives, one of us gets to hang out and have some kind of competition with Charles Barkley, so we can report back and uh, and. We'll say back to back when we were doing this podcast that like hardly anybody listens to when we were in college during quarantine. Remember then? Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, we like, added like in a new update to the podcast. So yeah. Oh yeah. Oh Stay definitely. Years from now, when it happens. Absolutely. Well, we'll 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 talk all about it on on Good Take on the Good Take podcast. All right. Uh, Absolutely. That's episode two. Uh, thank you so much for listening or watching. Uh, be sure to check us out on Twitter. I am at Alex Hutton thirty five. Zevin is at Z Schust nine. That's Z S H U S T nine again. Z S H U S T and the number nine. All right. That's all for now. We'll see you next time.